Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. It's party time again. Hello, Power Partners. We are so glad you're with us on our informational pro- program playground, Star Style, be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the SBCs of Be the Star You Are 501c3 Charity. We're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are here to support you and help you be more positive and help you have more meaningful conversations around the dinner table. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity. You can make a donation at bethestarur.org. This is from Tolstoy. I believe that the reason of life is for each of us simply to grow in love. Well, you guessed it. This is our love show. It's all going to be about love talk and February and the art of having it all. So whether you can harness Cupid's arrow to bring more love into your life or just have a great friend relationship, that's what we're going to be talking about in Health Matters. And in our second uh, segment, we're going to go into the garden and talk about the February garden. And did you know that florists sell more bouquets at Valentine's than any other time of the year? I suppose everybody kind of realizes that. But it's thousands and thousands of roses. And in our third segment, New York Times bestselling author, creator of the Enlightened Kid Program, a life coach and transformational leader, Christy Whitman will be with us with her new book called The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to unlimited abundance. So we are all about unlimited abundance today, and we are glad to share this hour of power with you. So, Heather, Valentine's Day, we think pink hearts, pink everything, red roses. You know, we're talking about love, right? But it's a little bit more complex topic than just those symbols and icons. So let's talk about Valentine's, and it's kind of magical, transformational the essence of what it is. Uh, 
what does Valentine's mean for you or what do you think that we can bring to our listeners that might be a little bit new or fresh? Well, you know, I have seen, Valentine's Day has always been one of my favorite holidays, not at all because of what I receive, but because of what I give. And for me, um, I actually, you know, the husband, I'm sure we have a, a nice uh, dinner planned out. We're headed out to Hawaii next week, but we uh, we have a dinner planned out, and I'm, I'm teaching in the morning. But um, for me, for the personal aspect for myself, it's not, I, I've never really felt comfortable. I don't really care about getting the flowers or chocolates. I, I, for, for myself, I feel it's unnecessary. I don't need anyone to spend money on me. But for me, I love, um, especially really for friends, is doing what you did when you were a little kid. And um, when we were in uh, elementary school, you sort of had a whole week building up to it that everyone would make these sort of homemade mailboxes, and everyone was, you know, it was more of a required kind of friendship thing. Everyone was, you know, told and um, that they had to bring a Valentine's for everyone in the class, and I just remember of how, you know, on, the, on that day of Valentine's Day that we'd have, like, this little party, and everyone would go around and put, you know, their little Valentine's in everyone's little mailbox, and uh, the ones, of course, that had candy in them, those were the best ones, and I always loved that, and, you know, as you get older, Things like that, you know, kind of become viewed as kind of childish or not really necessary anymore. And by the time you don't get to high school, they don't dedicate anything or, or even a junior high. But for me, I've always loved that. So I, this year, um, still went out. And, I mean, you can do it relatively quick, uh, uh, um, inexpensively, especially with all those dollar store 99 cents. But little, um, you know, the little cellophane bags that have hearts on it, um, bought about $10 worth of candy, got a whole bunch of candy, and got those little Valentines, you know, with little puppies and characters and silly little things on it and made it and, and gave it out to friends. And it's, you know, it's silly, but it, for me, I love it. It makes me feel so good. And people, you know, they're so not used to it. It's sort of that just like that sweet, silly little aspect that I love. So for me, that's what I think of. I think of more of friendship and those kinds of things, of that, that unexpected um, a little, you know, little gesture. Um, I think, you know, in, in uh, America especially, it's really kind of become, as of many things, that started out as one thing to become more traditional. And I feel, I really do feel for guys that I think it's sort of become this big stress that uh, people expect something really nice and people, you know, feel let down. Oh, you know, he didn't get me anything on Valentine's or, oh, just chocolate. And I feel, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, it's just become kind of the spending thing. And the actually statistics shows that um, most greeting cards and, and everything's really purchased in the last um, six days leading up to it. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's such an expensive thing. For example, you're saying with roses, sometimes at the grocery store you can get a dozen roses for as cheap as, 12 to $15, as it starts going up, especially on, uh, especially the day of Valentine's, worst day ever to try to buy roses. And I don't know what the hoopla about roses is so much. I mean, I think there's a million other different pretty flowers. Um, but a dozen roses can go anywhere up from, you know, 75 to $150 just because it says a dozen roses. And then the very next day, it's back down to that cheap price. So um, kind of keeping those things in mind, and I think actually, you know, when it comes to flowers, um, if you're 
fortunate enough to have a fantastic garden like yourself. I always think homemade and homegrown gifts are wonderful. But sometimes, you know, thinking outside the box, if you're choosing to do flowers, do a different kind of flowers. Uh, a girlfriend recently uh, gave me a bouquet of, of daisies, but what's happened is these daisies, and this is actually a fun project you could do with kids or on your is soaking um, the daisies uh, in uh, food coloring, that you have the stem soaking food coloring, and they'll actually, just as they soak up water, um, have them in a, in a, a food coloring with a water diluted, is the daisies will turn into these bright colors, you know, pink reds, greens, so you have this really kind of, you know, radical looking um, uh, That's awesome, I mean, that's something that I didn't even know about, that it'll it'll just go up through the stems and it'll turn into any color color. It will suck in the color (gasps) um, That's a fantastic idea and it's really fun uh, bouquet. And the crazy thing um, is these, I've had these now almost three weeks, and they still look fantastic. I don't know what it, but I don't know if the food coloring is or it's just the plain old water, but um, these daisies have lasting forever. So kind of, um, you know, a fun, a different kind of thing of it, or making a homemade card, um, something I've done for, you know, may, again, things that can kind of seem childish but really fun is um, making, using, buying like a, a big, uh, what are those called, poster boards and filling in the words with um, chocolate, with, with candy bars. So you could say, you know, too mighty and then put, you know, put a space and you could use the candy bar, my big hunk. And, um, you know, when I, you know, certain things like um, every time I kiss you, it feels like, you know, then you would tape on um, the candy bar payday or something. Like you can get really, oh, you know, that's silly adorable. Little, little Are you talking or, about you get you know, a candy bar with the words that you like? Like, like your love takes me to Mars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can have fun with these little things. Um, and, you know, as, as I said, I think, um, the, you know, for me, I really, uh, you know, I, I got the hubs a little something, but I really feel, you know, it's sort of this unnecessary gifting. I feel like especially now, you know, I feel so blessed in my life. There isn't any thing that I need. And it just, I mean, I love the essence of it. And, and I, I think people just kind of feel this pressure of this love. Every day is to me a Valentine's Day to share, to express your love. And you don't have to do it um, with gifts necessarily. But it is a fantastic moneymaker for our country. I mean, my goodness, it is the second, um, with Christmas being number one, uh, the second biggest card-giving day. Um, Hallmark, uh, you know, as we know, Hallmark is, is basically uh, a household name when you think of cards or anything. And they've been around since the early um, 1900s. So this is their, you know, second biggest holiday when it comes to it. Um, Well, and, you know, I'm going to say this in the second segment, but 200 million roses are grown specifically for Valentine's Day just in America. And that's according to the Society of American Florists. 200 million. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Oh, my goodness. And I have, uh, Jessica, I mean, kind of funny little things, uh, especially coming from a reproductive health background. Just some uh, interesting sort of, as you know, Valentine's Day is associated with love and, and maybe, you know, a little, uh, a little bit more, a little loving, as they would say. Um, one of the high statistics is birthdays in November, and if you... That uh, uh, nine months from now is November. I had a girlfriend this born November 14th that we always used to joke about what happened nine months prior. 
And um, according to uh, Durex, which is uh, one of, uh, which is a condom company um, in uh, in America, that condom sales are the highest around Valentine's Day, um, which usually uh, increases about thirty percent than any other day. Everybody's and thinking they're going to get lucky. Thing. I guess I think that's good. Also, um, in relation to that, in uh, February fourteenth, nineteen twenty nine, uh, was when penicillin was first introduced. And penicillin is also <laughs> now it's you know used for so many other things, but um, originally it was the most uh, it was used for venereal diseases such as syphilis, uh, which now you know syphilis is is so is such more of a rarity of things. And at home pregnancy tests are sold the most in March. Um, you, you know things take about uh, two it takes uh, two weeks to get um, an accurate reading. So two weeks from now, um, hey, that is March first. So. You gotta get those feelings of that 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 uh, stuff that kind of goes all the the love that's in the air. Um, also, the interesting thing is, I know a lot of people feel um, that aren't in relationships, and um, you know they kind of feel these days. There's actually February 21st. They made this day. I mean, as we've talked about before, of how they've made days for everything now. I mean, there's popsicle day, but there is a day. For Singles Awareness Day, and the initial for that is sad. And I kind of think that's um, a little. I think that's sad that Singles Awareness Day is sad. But because it's you know, I think one of the best things too is um, people there. A lot of bars and a lot of people friends have done sort of anti Valentine's Day, getting together with your girlfriends, your guy friends. Uh, I think there's always this big pressure about it, and it can be just a really. fun day with it. And, you know, speaking of what you're saying, how, um, excuse me, how uh, people spending-wise, that, that about 65% of, uh, you know, how do Americans celebrate is about 65% of people buy cards, um, 44% do date nights, 38% do uh, candy, 32 flowers, um, 11% do jewelry. It's a big time, too, that people get engaged. They say about 8 million people actually buy, um, in, in the United States, buy Valentine's gifts for their pets. As we know, pets are, are the, you know, the, that's a multi-billion-dollar. Well, pets are part dollar. of their family. And, you know, some people, pets, that is their relationship. Exactly. And, you know, something interesting, actually, in Saudi Arabia, um, uh, Valentine's Day is actually out, the celebration of it is actually outlawed for religious reasons. So, um, many, uh, flower shops have actually closed down or removed any, uh, roses, red roses, anything with hearts, anything that could potentially get them in trouble. As we know, Saudi Arabia is sort of a more restrictive country, uh, but, uh, I, I found that interesting that certain places actually outlaw it or ban it. That is kind of crazy. I mean, it is just a holiday. You know, it's not like it's a major, it's like not a life-turning event. Uh, and it's a love day. So I, why would you outlaw something that, that promotes love? That kind of is, that's a crazy law. Of course, there are a yeah, lot of crazy I mean, laws I, in the world. I think, you know, in general, all these things that we think of is that, um, you know, it's just really, you know, they, they talk about it of 
the Saint and Valentine. There's very there's been um, various stories as with all things of how the day came and there's you know things saying that the king at the time uh, you know was outlawing soldiers of getting married and so uh, now Saint Valentine that uh, he was having these secret marriages for people and then they say that the first Valentine when he was jailed for uh, doing these secret Valentines he had wrote a letter and signed it saying your val you know like sincerely your Valentine just as his name and that's how it kind of became you know my Valentine these loving endearing things um, you know there's so many things and I think a lot of times things that may have had uh, you know with it being Saint Valentine have um, a, a, an original uh, religious connection to it really aren't anymore just as with Christmas or Easter I you know I tell me tell people tell me about Easter uh, people say you know the Easter bunny Easter eggs they don't really say the resurrection of Christ. So uh, there's these things that a lot of things have become commercialized and also celebrated non, um, you know, non-denominational. So, uh, you know, I think for me personally, it's really about, you know, I love, I mean, everyone sort of has symbols for you. Your symbol is stars. For me, hearts. I've always just found a connection with the symbol hearts, and I love things with hearts. So I actually love But I shopping. love hearts and stars, and, you know, and I always loved it when my first book was published, Be the Star You Are. The publishing company, which was 10 Speed Press, which is part of Random House, the imprint was called Heart and, uh, Star, Heart and Stars. And I thought, oh my God, this is my heart book, and it's, the imprint is Heart and Stars. So it was like you and me. It's perfect. I don't know, it's off topic, but it made me think of it. <laughs> no, I love it. And, you know, just some other kind of random little things. You know, sometimes if we ever wonder, like, I've, sometimes, you know, we, there's sayings we say, and we don't really know where they come. You know, they're just normal things. So one thing, I always say this because I, you know, I'm a cancer, and I always say that, you know, I'm so emotional that I always say I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, meaning that, um, you know, that I'm, I'm a very loving person, and, and therefore, you know, when you wear your heart on your sleeve, there's potential you could your sleeve could get ripped. You could lose lose your sweater, kind of thing. That you're really you have an open heart, but with having such an open heart, um, you know that leaves you vulnerable. And actually, where this term kind of came from was during the Middle Ages. They actually used to have this day. Um, don't worry, it's not a gory thing with hearts on sleeves. Um, this Roman festival. Um, in honor of Juno, who uh, was the queen of the Roman gods and this sort of almost like a goddess of love. And men would draw names um, on their hearts of potential sweethearts, of, of sort of their suitors, the, the women that they were going for. And these men um, would wear their names um, on their sleeves and for the remainder of the festival. And so this sort of, you know, attracted people to um, sort of that, uh, you know, to sort of to steal someone else's heart in that way. Um, you know, I think that's a cool festival. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, chocolate, you know, I feel is uh, synonymous with Valentine's Day. And that's really because of uh, Cadbury. When you think Cadbury, I actually think of the Cadbury, the Cadbury bunny, those eggs. Um, I don't even know what that cream filling is. But those Cadbury, those, those eggs at Easter time that are chocolate and you break into them and they have some sugar, ooey, gooey goodness in it. Right, and um, I think but, it's the same thing. They're they're English, right? I think they're from England, Cadbury, and it was yeah, those, exactly. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. Richard Cadbury actually, so uh, from Cadbury Chocolates family is responsible for the earliest box of chocolate in Valentine's Day, and that was um, actually in 1868, and he gave chocolates out 
uh, in these heart-shaped boxes. And eventually, you know, this was what came to be of, you know, the chocolate company. Um, but he made these uh, boxes unique. And, and as you know, that's the synonymous thing, those heart-shaped boxes. The candy company makes so much money. I mean, I, I, I always think the things that are so funny, the, the correlations with things of how, uh, you know, I, when I think of, um, what's it called, Halloween, and then uh, Valentine's Day, this thing with, with chocolate and candies is the increasing cavities and the weight gains as well. As usually this is the time of year uh, when people, you know, have their uh, New Year's resolutions have kind of gone out the door or we allow our day, ourselves these cheat days. And usually these things, you know, are filled with wine and chocolates, sort of the luxuries of things. And I think that's sort of one of the things that's kind of saying, you know, that uh, allowing yourself this, this day of, of luxury, this, this day of splurge, um, because, you know, love is sweet. And, and, you know, love is supposed to be, you know, a, a delicacy and something, you know, you, you really treasure. So um, instead of, you know, just downing the whole box, take the time, enjoy it, share it with someone, make that, you know, special moment. And as I said before, this uh, is a day that doesn't have to be um, necessarily about, uh, you know, your your husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever it may be. Make it just about a day of the people you love and care for. Make every day your Valentine's Day. But, you know, as I said, I love to give little Valentine's to my friends. And make it that maybe for, you know, your parents or siblings, um, just reaching out to them. It's amazing how, um, you know, the, the, art, the art of uh, letter writing has really kind of disappear these days with thank you cards or or birthday cards or valentine's day so do something you know unsuspecting and and nice and surprising for someone of sending someone a valentine's start just the sweetest you know just the simplest thing of you know saying thinking of you hope you have a great valentine's day that um really you know words the slightest things can go a long way so yeah um, it's the little things in life actually that really really make a difference you know and i think uh, you just hit on something really important it's a, it's Valentine's Day is a day of appreciation. And we all know that the more gratitude that we have in life, the more we have to be grateful for. And so this is a really great day to show how much you care and how much you appreciate other people. So share the love, not just with your significant other, but with all the different people that you enjoy. Send them little Hearts. I love all your ideas, Heather. These were really, really fun. Thank you. And you know, one thing I must say, uh, South Koreans have it right. They actually celebrate uh, 12, uh, all 12 months. Every On the 14th of every month, there is a various uh, day uh, that, or there is a day that's associated with love, and it's, it falls on the 14th of every um, of every month, and they have Valentine's Day, White Day, Black Day, Rose Day, Kiss Day, Silver Day, Green Day, Music oh. Day, White Day, Hug Day, um, and they're all these days that are associated with some form of, of love. And oh, actually, I love only, that Korean um, thing. April, Maybe we have to be uh, part 14th. Korean. I want to adopt yeah, that April one. April 14th is their Black Day, um, and that is uh, more towards singles, where all kind of singles get together hoping to kind of find a new love. So, Hope um, whatever everyone does is uh, be safe, have fun, and be creative, and kind of de-stress when it comes to gift-giving. Make something or do something from the heart, and sometimes just words can be the most powerful and loving thing. Oh, as always, Heather Brittany, this was an excellent Health Matters. I love all your tips and all your your little special ideas that you have that we can really make a difference for somebody else and, and show our appreciation and our care 
and our gratitude, and we don't have to spend a lot of money doing it. And that's the important part. It's always about the thought. You know, you want to really put thought into something and not just be generic. Well, give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeThisDiar.com as well as BeThisDiar.org. Okie dokie. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to go into the February garden and have another little love fest. So stay with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. So don't go away. We'll be right back. The star you are. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Are your presentations strong? By entertaining a few proactive techniques, your meetings can become a valuable tool for increasing business. Hone your skills before you open your mouth. This includes not only having the most up-to-the-minute information, but delivering the information in a relaxed, confident manner. To practice, use a tape recorder or your computer, and if possible, videotape your performance and have someone with a critical eye comment. Use a coach or an acting professional to help you with diction. Be enthusiastic and energetic. Love what you do, believe in what you're talking about, and be prepared to be flexible and adapt your message for different clients. Welcome questions and establish a dialogue. You want everyone to know that this was time well spent, not time wasted. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information about booking a consultation or coaching session, call 925-377-STAR or go to star. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are, you are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the power hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, hello there again. Thanks for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. I am Cynthia Bryan, and I am your personal growth coach, and they call me the goddess garden in the goddess gardener in the garden. And you know, February is that month. 
that we are reminded about the importance of love. Love is definitely in the air. And recently, my gardening mentor, my mother, was hospitalized in the intensive care unit. It was an emergency um, situation, very frightening. She was at a major hospital. Her lungs had filled with fluid from some undetective virus. And so uh, after a couple of days of being in the intensive care union, unit, I thought I would try to cheer her up. So I picked two cultivars from my garden that she'd originally given me from her garden. And they were some fragrant narcissi and some pink Virginia. And I put them in a jar and I just took them to her bedside. And I knew that these are her real beloved winter blooms. But I was told that the flowers weren't allowed in the ICU. And she was really sad about this. And my mom whispered to the nurse, you know, please, may I keep them? They just make me happy. And uh, the nurse was really great. And she said, you know, you're in a a solo room. You know, we're going to just turn a blind eye because they smelled good. And there was just a small little bouquet. But you know what was interesting? She survived her ordeal. And she was moved from room to room. And her posies went with her. And there's just something about that healing benefit of flowers. So I like to think that these are small reminders of her home and the love that she has for her garden. And it spurned her to her miraculous recovery because it was really pretty touch and go there. But it's interesting what flowers can do to perk us up. And in our first segment, Heather was talking about all different gestures and ways that we can show our love and different things that we can do. And just remember, just picking a bouquet of of flowers from your garden is another wonderful way to show that you care. And it really is personal because you grew them, you cared for them, and you took enough time to think about the person. I know when I was a little girl, my nanny, my Italian nanny, one of her favorite, favorite gifts was she loved a corsage of a fresh-picked camellia. And camellias were something that my mother grew lots of. I mean, I think she must have at least 50 camellia bushes. Remember, we lived on a ranch, so there was a lot of acreage. And uh, several of them are trees now, and they're beautiful. And she has pink and red and multicolored and white ones, and her white ones look like gardenias. And it was one of the things that we did as kids is we would go out into the garden and we would search for that perfect bloom of a camellia that would be just the right size for a corsage that we could pick. And then we would wrap the ends with that green tape and we'd get one of a hat pin and we'd pin it on our Italian nani. And she would just beam from ear to ear. So that was just something that we did not just on Valentine's Day for her, but we did it, you know, on her birthday and whenever she wanted it. You know, really and truly one of the most um, popular and and favorite ways to show that we care is to give those we love flowers. As I said in the first segment, florists sell more bouquets at Valentine's than any other time of the year. That's probably no surprise. And 75% of all the blooms are purchased by men. And maybe that's not a surprise either, but on depending on what message a person wants to convey, there is a flower and a color that will correspond to that emotion. The Victorian era, they popularized a language of flowers. It was called floriography. And it's a poetic way to exchange messages with posies. So if you gave somebody 12, uh, 12 red roses, it meant I love you and be mine. 
And that's in the late 19th century. And that's why today when you give 12 red roses, it still means I love you, be mine. So I wonder what giving 12 red red rose bushes would mean in this century. I think that's kind of interesting because this is the time of year that you can uh, plant bare root roses. So maybe it would be good to, uh, to, to give a rose bush and then your favorite love could have a never ending um, bouquet of flowers. Well, we will get back to some of the floriography in a bit, but here is a little bit of what you can do in your garden if you are not in a snow-covered environment. And specifically, if you're in Northern California, in San Francisco Bay Area, this is a, these are really good uh, tips. But many of them can be used in other parts of the country. You just have to look out at your frost and your weather. So it is um, the time to plant bare root roses and actually bare root fruit trees about through the end of February. And what's really fun now is many are on sale. So you might want to go to your garden center. I've even noticed them at the um, supermarkets now. And they are greatly reduced. Where they started in January at the full price, now they are, uh, you know, they went to 20% off, 30% off. And I am now seeing them at uh, 40% off. So I think that this might be a really good time to buy your bare root trees and plants. And just remember something, that when you get it, you want to check the plant carefully for damage or dryness before you purchase it. So if, you, if it's dry, don't get it, because if it's dry, it's not going to grow. And then once you get it, you want to prune back any damaged or any broken or dry roots. Soak the whole thing in a bucket of water for at least a day before planting. And then plant it and add some mulch and you should be good to go. Stroll through the garden to soak in the natural aromatherapy. And if you are feeling stressed, a handful of lavender florets or leaves rubbed together between your palms and inhaled, that will greatly reduce anxiety and it will increase your feelings of affection. Now you want to raise your libido? You can do that with a pot of night-blooming jasmine or passion flower and you place that bedside. If you want to promote concentration, use a sachet of dried rosemary or dried grapefruit peels and eucalyptus leaves. And actually, I love to mix them together. The smell is just divine. This is the time of year to pick your navel oranges. Also, they are nicknamed the love fruit. An orange will warm your heart. It restores your sense of humor. It brings out your sunny side. And if you are feeling depressed or unloved, just inhale those peels because they work as a mood elevator. Some other things that are needed to do this time of the year is you want to spray your deciduous fruit trees and any uh, trees, actually, and your roses, that final dose of dormant spray. Those camellias I was talking about, why don't you float a few for a sparkling table centerpiece. Make sure to protect your frost uh, tender plants by covering them with burlap, blankets, cardboard, or tarps. And it's time to harvest your winter cabbages, your kale, your Swiss chard, your spinach. And pick the last of your arugula and allow those flowers to self-seed. And don't forget to start forcing a few of your favorite spring bulbs by placing pebbles in a jar. You push the fat bottom part of the bulb into the pebbles, fill it partway with water, set it in a Sunday window, and just wait. That's a science project to delight. 
if you're like me, you probably have a lot of old bird nests that might be reachable in your trees. So uh, it's really better actually to remove them because we want to allow our avian friends to build new fresh houses for their young that don't have any insects or anything in them. And this is a great time of the year to enroll in a gardening class while the weather is wet and dark. So um, try to hone your horticulture skills with a little bit of irrigation. And then finally, you know, give the living romantic plants for Valentine because they offer a breath of fresh air, literally. Excellent choices are orchids, anthuriums, bromeliads. You will love these plants. They're easy to care for. They're long blooming and they do uh, provide oxygen. So show the love this Valentine's Day with a spray from your garden or be bold and give a rose bush or two to really express your lasting admiration. And although what we grow may not be perfect, we show how much we care by giving gifts from our hearts. So happy gardening, happy growing and happy love day. And when we come back from break, we're going to find out how we can have it all when the amazing Christy Whitman joins us. So don't go away. I am Cynthia Bryan. I am your goddess gardener and your personal growth coach here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back with Christy. Stay with me. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. Dot org. Be the lucky star you are. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, you are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a life that shines it is such a party here at star style be the star you are and we are so grateful that you are here with us from around the world where we bring you the pioneers on the planet who engage and inspire and motivate and help you to have it all. 
And speaking of having it all, we have the queen of having it all with us right now. Her name is Christy Whitman. She is a New York Times bestselling author of three books, and she really walks her talk. Her newest book is The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. And in this book, she is giving us the sources, the strategies, and the ways to manifest what we all want. Welcome, Christy, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. It's great to be with you. Well, it's always fun to talk to another power woman. I love that, and I love the fact of how positive you are and how determined and destined and uh, wanting to help others achieve their dreams and be the person that they were born to be. Now, I know that your life was really not always as great and fabulous as it is today. So why don't we start with how, what you came from and how you turned it around because that's always inspiring to other people to know that what you have, we can all have. In other words, you know, just because we are, we have down days doesn't mean that up days aren't to come and it's up to us. So give us a little bit of your uh, past experience and what made your turnaround. Absolutely. Well, I started about 18 years ago, and I was looking at my life and kind of looking at the things that we consider, you know, segments of our life in success. So whether it's our shape of our body, our finances, our career, our relationships, all those kind of things, I started to look around my life, and I was 30 pounds overweight, um, the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. Uh, that, that for me is a lot because I'm very tiny. I'm not even 5'2", so that was a big you know, big weight difference for me. Um, yeah, at first felt- I thought 30 pounds, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a kind of a lot, but, you know, not a huge amount. But if you're 5'2", that's probably a lot. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's huge. I was a size 10 to give you like a perspective, it, it, but now I'm a size 4 naturally. So it, 30 pounds, like 5 pounds on me makes a huge difference. 30 pounds was a world of difference. So um, heaviest I'd ever been. I had just gotten out of another relationship with like the wrong kind of guy. I seemed to just attract and magnetize all the bad guys to me, the ones that are cheaters, that, you know, that were totally emotionally available, that just for whatever reason just, you know, would do weird bad things, drugs, you know, alcoholics, those kind of people. And so I just got out of another relationship, uh, moved from Chicago to California for the latest bad guy. And because I was living there, I had absolutely no support system. I had no friends, no family. I was basically alone. And because I didn't know anybody... Um, and I also quit my job because I couldn't stand doing it anymore. And P.S., by the way, I was also $60,000 in debt. I had wow. to live in a room. Yeah, I was renting a room from a very bizarre, strange woman, which I literally never left my room. So I was like a recluse. And I would eat meals out all the time. And, you know, so I was like I could see why I was getting so much weight. But everything in my outer reality was just completely not what I wanted. And it was, I just was like, oh, my God. And I was so lost spiritually. And it's amazing because it was around that time that I started learning about the universal laws. And that's when I started to apply them and started paying attention to my thoughts and realized that, you know, I was super negative and I had a really bad self-esteem and I was constantly criticizing myself and others and judging myself and others. And I started to slowly but surely change those thought patterns and started feeling, like, really de- deliberately feeling good about myself. And I started to, like, drop weight, like it was just dripping off of me. Um, I was then recruited recruited from a headhunter um, to move to Sacramento for a job with Pepsi-Cola, a high-paying job. 
So, I mean, got quickly out of debt, got my own apartment, met a really wonderful man I was in an eight-year relationship with, like turnaround after turnaround after turnaround. And I remember about five years. If I can interject one question, uh, before you started the turnaround, did you start attending seminars, reading books, listening to tapes? Did, how did you initially get into learning about the seven universal laws? Because I think that's important for people to know. We have to start somewhere. It doesn't just pop out of our, of our mind. We usually have to take a step. Yes. My first step was the intention. I'm like, I am not happy. God help me some way, somehow. You know, it was like kind of the on the knees, kind of like my life is not working. And so... Um, the beautiful universe delivered me. Um, the one person I did meet from the, from the guy, he, she was my, uh, hairdresser. She and I was talking about spirituality and she had this, such this light about her. I was like, I want what she has. So she introduced me to her spiritual teacher. And I went and visited Melanie and in the Bay Area and she started talking to me about meditating and started talking to me about your thoughts create your reality. She didn't say, okay, like this is universal law number one and this is law of attraction. She didn't have that language back then. But what she did is, is talked about how we magnetize or, or literally repel things to us, including money, in our lives by how we, what we think and the vibration that we give out. So, I started paying attention to that, but then I also started a meditation practice that I went from all my focus outward to putting my focus inward, and I started doing meditation tapes, like guided meditations, and I did start reading books, and at that time, I was introduced to Dr. Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson, and I would listen to them while I would take walks, and, you know, they were always in my car, and so I was I was really entraining my, my mind in a completely different mindset. Right, and the, I mean, that, that's the important thing is that we really do have to engage in some powerful changes through other people and other teachers, just like your book, The Art of Having It All, how you're describing it. I mean, we have to pick up something. I always like yeah. to, to say I love to turn my car, or my car is my rolling university. <laughs> yeah. I think Brian Tracy uses that <laughs> word too. But, you know, Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson and all of these people, they are such great teachers, and they had so much to share. So continue. This is awesome. Yeah, and so, you know, after, after I was working, it was about five years, and I at this point had a sales job in pharmaceutical sales, so I was making more money than I ever thought possible. I had money in the bank. I didn't have any absolute, I had no debt whatsoever. I was living in a cute little dream home. I had my marriage. You know, everything was going really well, and um, I was connected spiritually, and I was looking around my life going, wow, this is like, it took five years ago for, to go from the pit of my life and it was the last time, but it was like at a five-year mark, I remember just going, this is amazing. And I, was, I had the luxury of having that rolling university because I was a sales rep at this time. So I was constantly in and out of my car listening to Abraham Hicks and listening to Wayne Dyer and Marianne Williamson and you know, everybody else I could get my hands on that really touched me and, and like Eckhart Tolle and, you know, just those, Deepak Chopra and just the teachers, the amazing teachers that we have available to us today. And um, really started learning more and more and, and getting deeper in and, and just going deeper within myself. And um, that's when things started then, you know, changing. I, I, I got another dream house and, you know, I was maintaining a size four body and everything was going great. But yet I felt really empty inside because my marriage was no longer working. The eight years that I had been with him, um, it was just clear that that, 
that marriage, that relationship had kind of run its course. And so that was a really difficult decision. And I know a lot of women have a difficult decision sometimes and they feel like something's not right. I'm not happy. I was just reading actually Jennifer Lopez's new book, um, True Love. And she was talking about that too. She had everything going for her, but she just felt that unhappiness within her marriage. And it's like, what do you do now? You know, you've got this life with the person. So it, it just ended up that it was time to move on. And I got clarity, like I apply everything with universal laws, I got really clear on the kind of person I did want to be with. You know, within a very short amount of time, like at a couple of months, I met my husband, Frederick. So going through divorce, going through, I had my sister that committed suicide. I went through death. Well, that I went was through, to be you know, so, so hard. And so, you know, I, when we, in reading your book, uh, The Art of Having It All, I read how you will Never, you will never approve of what your sister did in taking her own life, but you had to learn to accept it. And yeah. it seems that acceptance is part of the surrendering to the universe, is that we just can't fight it. We just can't be angry. We have to learn to accept. Well, that's the law of allowing it its best, because, you know, I talk about the universal laws in the art of having it all. And, you know, part of accepting something, you know, again, you don't have to approve of something. You don't have to agree with everybody else's opinions, right? I'll give a perfect, like, example, right? What happened just happened at the Grammys with Kanye West, okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody's criticizing what he did and, and, you know, just completely um, thinking the guy's off the mark and and all that kind of stuff. And, yes, (laughs) I agree, too. But the thing is, is that what he did by getting up on stage, um, that's just Kanye being Kanye. And at the same time, the reaction that everybody else is having and the lower level emotions, the anger, the, you know, the resentment, the, you know, the, just the, the feelings of um, just not approval, but not, or not even accept the, the disapproval, but at the same, the non-acceptance, it's actually affecting every single person's vibration that are, that's judging Kanye West. Mm-hmm. So there are right. so many people out in the world. They have their own opinions. Some are very extreme opinions, and they go to extreme lengths to, you know, show their opinion like Kanye. Um, it could be just someone has a different opinion than you. And if we can get to an allowing place where it's like, wow, that I so would not be, you know, I do not approve of that behavior, you know, and then you, you just, like, accept that's who that person is. And then you, you check your own vibration. But when we get caught in fighting against someone or completely disapproving of what they're doing, we get then sucked in and we're not in an allowing space. And then, therefore, we're in a lower level of vibration. Yes, because in your book, you do have a whole, you call it your play sheet on how to receive and reset your allowing meter. You know, talk to us a little bit about learning to ask for what you want, because it is, this is another thing, you know, asking you shall receive, but asking is a really hard thing. For so many of us, because we were we were uh, brought up with the idea as if we you know toe the line, we do what we're told, we're good little girls, that you know everything should be okay. But that's not the way the world works. Well, as a deliberate creator, you have to ask, and we're asking all the time. We're asking with our preferences, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to be late. But with what we do though is we we're so used to focusing on what we don't want that we then don't focus on what we do want. And so many people don't have clarity about what they want because they're also focused on what they don't want. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to be late. I don't want to get in traffic. You know, I, I, I don't want to be in debt. 
So we're so focused on what we don't want, and the minute that contrast that shows up, that shows you what you don't want, the minute that comes up, you can then ask yourself, what do I want? And, you know, it is a deserving thing because I think kids as a young, you know, as young children, they're told to stop asking, you know, because as kids, we're always asking. I look at my kids and they're constant. They're asking just monsters. It's like, can I have that? And can I have this? And I can I have that? You know, and, and uh, but, but you know, what's interesting, Christy, is look at how often when they ask, you know, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? No, 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 no. And finally, it's like, okay, you're going to have half a cookie. Oh, but I want to, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We tell them no, but they keep asking, which is a, actually a positive thing. Absolutely. They're, they, they start losing it at a, at a certain point because they, they ask, they ask, they ask, you know, but they're just like, they ask for what they want and they're relentless. I mean, they, little kids are the best salespeople because they never go for no. You know, they're like, oh, but I'm like, did you respect my no? No, it's like they want they, they want what they want and they want what they want. I mean, that's just it. They want that lollipop. And they're right. going to ask 10 different times, 10 different ways until they get a yes. So you know? the, the, I think what we have to take from that, the takeaway is that when we really, really want something, we just can't take no for an answer. <laughs> because in, when every time we get a no, we just have to say next. <laughs> well, that, that, that plus it's our natural ability as creators that come into these physical bodies to ask for what we want. It's natural. So if we feel uncomfortable to ask for what we want, could be in a relationship, asking for help with your husband. You know, a lot of women just think, oh, well, he doesn't help me. Did you ask? Are you willing to receive his help? You know, are you willing well, to ask? We have to children? be willing to receive, and that's another hard one because I think, especially for women, we are the givers. You know, I mean, when you look at caregivers out there, it's like 90% are women. So, I mean, it's women have been taught throughout the generations that we are the giving people. But in order to give, you have to be able to receive because if you're empty, you have nothing to give. That's it. It's and people think, circle. yeah, and people think that the opposite of giving is taking, and it's not. The opposite of giving is receiving, and you have to be able to do both to balance ourselves out in the world. When you look at nature, look at an ocean, okay? When you look at even the ocean coming on the shore, it basically goes in and it goes out. It's an ebb and it's a flow. It's a constant you know, in and an out. And that's how we are as energetic beings, as people, is that there is the natural state is to give and then to receive. Look at the way we take a breath. We receive a breath in and we give a breath out and then we receive a breath in. That's our natural way of being. So it doesn't feel good to be so off balance when give, 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 give. What happens is like a, late, a woman can get so resentful and angry. I was just going to say it's the no resentful that's angry. And you talk about this. Again, we're talking to author Christy Whitman. Her newest book is The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. You can look at her website, thearthofhavingitall.com. You know, uh, Christy, one of the things I love about your book is that it is short and to the point. Because, you know, in this day and age, we are in such a fast-paced world and I don't think people have the time to read these 400-page books anymore. Right. And I really, I really appreciated when I got this book and I opened it and I thought, oh, wow, this is something I can just read in one setting and get all the stuff I need. And 
So it's like that kind of thing that you want to read and reread and highlight. And, you know, you can go back for the good things that you want in there. So uh, great job in uh, making it very succinct. How did you end up starting your academy? We're running, we're almost to the end of the hour, but I just wanted people to know that you do have a coaching um, program as well. And how did you start that? Yeah, I have a coaching certification program for Law of Attraction coaches because um, I started it because I listened to the universe. I had four people within a week period, uh, clients that I was serving, um, people that were at a workshop saying, I want to be certified by you. And I'm like, I don't do that. And they were like, no, 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 you need to certify me. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to go where you went. I want you to certify me. So I was like, okay, I've got four people within a week asking me to certify them. What would I do? If I was going to teach someone to coach the way I coach, as effective as I am as a coach, what would I teach? And then just the information just came flowing through just like the book did. So um, that's when the Quantum Success Coaching Academy was born, and um, it's been around since 2008, and we've certified over 2,000 coaches, and it's just the most rewarding, rewarding thing I've ever done. Isn't it exciting when your life is just in flow? So, and again, this is available to everyone. We just have to tap our source and find out what it is that we want and listen to our spiritual guides and really get in touch with who we are. And Christy Whitman's book, The Art of Having It All, can help you get there. And you can find out about her academy and everything else. You can go to ChristyWhitman.com. It's Christy with a C. And theartofhavingitall.com, you can find her books there. Christy, it's a delight to have you on. Oh, I also want to mention to our listeners, make sure to listen to our teen program, Express Yourself Teen Radio, on February 24th, where Christy will be a guest on that as well, And because she inspires teens and she works with teens. So thanks again, Christy. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on, Cynthia. I appreciate you. Christy Whitman, The Art of Having It All, www.theartofhavingitall.com. Thank you all for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned to Star Style. Be the star you are right here on the Empowerment Channel at Voice America with me, Cynthia Bryan, and with Heather Brittany. We really want to help you be the stars you were born to be. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity that brings you this show, please consider doing so. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. We can't stay on the air without your help. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you're already a star cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate now and read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. Pick up the art of having it all. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and most of all, happy Valentine's Day. Share the love. I'll talk to you next week. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. 
For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.